Well, tonight we're gonna have a pizza party. Pizza party, 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 pizza party. Hey, Nestor, really cool. It would be so much fun to hang out with them. We can. Welcome to another episode of Gimme Pizza, a Mary Kate Ashley podcast. For all you new listeners out there, I'm your host, Amity Hansen. Each episode, I bring on a new guest to talk about Mary-Kate and Ashley, basically. I mean, who else? Their clothes, their movies, their videos, the memories, the nostalgia, everything Mary-Kate and Ashley. This episode, I have Liz Bentley on. She's super cool. We mostly talk about two-of-a-kind stuff, so get those memory neurons firing and remember the butterfly clips and everything that you can possibly imagine and please don't forget to rate review subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on instagram follow us on facebook keep your eyes peeled for enamel pins that are coming and t-shirts so merch is in the works all right get into it oh my gosh thank you for coming on my I'm podcast. So I'm so excited to have you. It's been a like a journey. month, a month's journey. Yeah. Well, I messaged you. Well, I demanded that I come on your podcast. <laughs> demanded. And then I was like, well, actually, like my best friend just died. So I'm like going to a funeral and I'm really busy. Know. But like then I want to come on your <laughs> podcast. And you were probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, take your time. <laughs> You know, I'm no rush, no rush at all. <laughs> and you have a podcast, right? Yeah. So I do a podcast called Feathers in My Hair. It's about Teen Mom. Um, Love I would it. if you, I would say even if you don't watch Teen Mom, like you could give an episode a listen and see like if you like it. I listen to some podcasts about shows I don't watch, but I talk a lot about myself and life, and um, I'm really into so. There are some Teen Mom recaps where it's just like comedians talking. Like I'm not a comedian. I'm a person that like is exploding with empathy. I always watch Teen Mom because I really like the sociological aspect of like these poor pregnant teenagers on TV and then becoming reality stars. So to me, like the focus of my podcast is, well, I like to break down like what happens behind the scenes and like how that's, you know, like everything that's on social media and how mm-hmm. it compares to like what we actually see on the show. And then I also like to talk a lot about like how their environment affects their behavior and like I'm a recovering drug addict and have a lot of mental health stuff. So like how the mental health plays in, it's much more than just like cracking jokes about the show. That's good. I feel the same about like, sometimes it's just nice to hear people actually talking about topics rather than just like comedians whipping up jokes about yeah. You know, like movies or TV shows. Like, not that I don't lo- love a good comedy podcast, but. Yeah, I feel the same way, especially like, so a show like Teen Mom, you can really look at it as like, it's really funny or it's like so dark you want to jump off a cliff. And <laughs> for me, it's not, and like a lot of them are really awful, but I always say like, if you just want like a, co- a podcast where they just like rip on everyone and make fun of everyone like that's not for you like I have empathy for everybody <laughs> and, like I'm always gonna look at stuff with like empathy and try and figure out like why they're doing these like ridiculous behaviors mm-hmm. and yeah I think that like especially with reality tv stars like to me 
that's always been the most interesting part about reality TV in general is just like, why these people like agree to go on this show and act right? this way? Yeah, completely. I feel the way that way about a lot of reality shows as well. It's just, yeah, it's just like, what drove you to that point in your life where you're like, this is a good idea? I have an, my ex boyfriend's sister really wanted to be on Big Brother like, <sighs> so badly. And it was just like, she tried multiple times, like auditioned mo- multiple times to try and be on Big Brother and not in a like ironic Like, this would be a really funny way, but, like, in a very (laughs) earnest, like, my dream is to be on Big Brother. And it just – Yeah, well, and especially for Teen Mom, like, these girls have been on TV since they were between 16 and 18 years old. And now it's been 10-plus years. They're famous-ish, you know, like a reality TV famous. They've made tons of money, tons, especially since social media came up and they could, you know – monetize Mm -hmm. their social media but they're making like five hundred thousand dollars a season now plus whatever they're making from books and instagram and all that stuff i never followed teen mom too much so um, they also live in like their podunk towns like in indiana like they it's so it's like really interesting to watch in my opinion because it's like how is this girl that has been on tv since she was 16 years old and like had no concept of what she was agreeing to and now is like a famous person, but she still is in South Dakota. Oh, and we're watching like the repercussions of these decisions on like an eight-year-old. It's very, it's very interesting, I yeah. think. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. I that makes me actually want to rewatch like watch some Teen Mom because it's on Pluto TV. Oh yeah, they got syndicated. They got syndicated <laughs> in Pluto TV, and I I put mm-hmm. I was sick the other week, and I I tried to put some on, and I I was like, no, I feel like I really need to commit to this. Like I'm not really in like the headspace right now for Teen the Mom. The early episodes, I would definitely suggest. They're like they're what I call poverty porn, and that you're just like watching poor people like make yeah, deci- like bad decision after mm-hmm. bad decision, and. In my opinion, reality TV is either poverty poverty porn or aspirational TV. So it's either Teen Mom or The Real Housewives. You right. Know, like, mm-hmm. And this is definitely like the early seasons are like them hit the spot on that poverty porn viewing. And I would recommend it. <laughs> poverty porn. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm sure there are, you know, there's, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Because I have, I've watched Teen Mom, but not since I was like in high school. Yeah, because there's like a hundred of us that still watch. <laughs> Is it? Are they still like they make new episodes? Still? Yes, they make new episodes, like new stories. Like they follow new people. No, no. no. Well, no, it's mostly the same people. Okay, mostly. So they don't have like new seasons with like new Teen Moms. So they just started a new one called Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, and but in general, like no, there's Teen Mom. Now it's called Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom Two. And it's essentially been the same girls for 10 years, which in terms of reality TV is like a really long time for right. the same cast. Yeah, no, that seems like it. I thought that they would just still, like keep going with like new teen moms and then like people can still catch up on the old teen moms via like social media and stuff. Yeah, I think that they're kind of pivoting towards that now. Okay. Why they're like kind of trying to revamp the brand, I think. But in general, it's the same moms. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. 
But should we talk about yeah, MKA? Yeah, I guess we can talk about MKA. Some revisiting, because I've done um, two of a kind episodes in the past. I did one, we were like deconstructing. We were watching like three, four episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. And But now it's like, you know what? Let's just dive deep into like one to two episodes. So we watched episodes 16 and 17. I, okay. But yeah, so just like an MKA background on me, yeah, I guess. Please, like I'm turning 31 this month. So I'm like prime, prime, prime age for Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, I grew up watching, like I loved Full House when I was a kid. And then I wa- had and watched like all of the Mary-Kate and Ashley Detective, Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, like Double Double Toil and Trouble, like all of that stuff, all of the home videos, um, like the sleepovers, like I loved Mary-Kate and Ashley, loved, loved, loved them. And I would, I remember like multiple times trying to join their fan club that they would advertise. But I oh, didn't the fun club? Like, yeah, I didn't understand like how to send money. <laughs> yeah, because you're a child. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I never, I still, I it, it blows my mind to think that that was like a thing you had to do. You had to like write a check, but you could yeah. also send cash. I said like, was it like I think ca- you could send a money order, more, money order, or a check, or cash, or money? Or I can't remember what they said. But then you would have to like mail it to this PO box. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> what did you fill out? Like, did you just like write? Like, I still don't. It's not clear. Yeah, it's not clear. But I was like really, really wanted to be in that. I saw um, it takes two in the movie theater. Like oh, I yes. just like Mary can naturally have been because I'm just like the target audience for it. And my parents let me watch like a lot of TV. Like I watched a lot of TV as a child. We weren't like one, we weren't a one hour a week family. Oh you know? God, like, no, neither were I. We were like, allowed to have snacks. Yeah. We were <laughs> snacks, junk TV. food, ice cream every single night for dessert. <laughs> yeah. Mint exactly. chocolate chip. As I sat exactly. in front of the TV for hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because of my age and like my demographic, like Mary Kate and Ashley was like, just like they hit for me. And so by the time um, Two of a Kind came out, I was like all in. Was it on ABC or Fox Family? So Two of a Kind was on TJIF. Okay. So that was ABC. So Little Time was So on- Little Time was on Fox Family okay. slash um, ABC Family. I think they also played yeah. reruns on Fox Family. They probably did. And I know that the recordings that I have that I sent you are from like the Disney. The UK. It's like Disney Studio UK, which yeah. I've never heard of. But so because I definitely watch like obviously I would watch TGI Friday every week, like, but yeah. I would I think I've definitely watched these episodes like repeated times. And it's not like I had it on DVD. You know what I mean? Right. That was like a pre-binge watching era. So I must have been watching reruns. And of the it. fact that it was has still not yet been released formally on DVD is very shocking to me. Yeah, like part of a collection, like a nostalgia yeah, collection. Yeah, it's like never been released, like formally released. And I think you can Tool maybe Star must not own the rights. Yeah, I and I yeah, I don't understand because they have so little time released on DVD. It's I would bet. Okay, I would bet that this. I'm just guessing is that they wanted a network show and Dual Star couldn't negotiate like owning the total rights of a network show, and so they like agreed to do the network show as Dual Star as a production, maybe right? You know, like as a producer credit, but they couldn't get the rights to it. Where I bet when they went to Fox family with so little time, it was like 
you know what I like yeah, it had a yeah. lot more power that time. makes much more sense um so because when two little I looked up the dates and I realized like two of a kind came out right before uh billboard dad right so mm-hmm. that to me was like really so I like had my eyes when I was watching these episodes mm-hmm. like on how much they were shaping the Mary Kate and Ashley narrative as tweens. Oh. And how they were going to transition them completely from tweens to teens. And they did, like, when I rewatch these episodes, because I haven't watched them, you know, in 15 years or however long, 20, how old am I? Like 20 years. Yeah. It's been um, so, like, it's yeah, literally 20 years. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I realized, I was like, oh my god they really like they did such a good job it was very clear to me like what the intent of this show was and like what they were trying to do with the audience to transition them out of just just like the like come to Mary Kate and Ashley sleepover because that doesn't make sense for tweens right you know what I mean like we teen girls don't want to watch Mary Kate and Ashley have a sleepover like we're not even really calling our sleepovers we're saying do you want to hang out now do you want to come over? Yeah. It's not, you know what I mean? Like we're not having sleepover parties at 12. Yeah. And so that doesn't work. And I want, and like this show really like presented Mary Kate as the athlete, Ashley as the girly girl. We like fashion. We like boys. It really did a good job of like introducing yeah. teen Mary Kate and Ashley. And then from that, they were able to transition to Billboard Dad and then the rest of the movies. Right. No, where, that's true. Which made so true. I didn't even think I of wanted that. to watch them in Paris. I wanted to watch them in Paris, not having a sleepover. Because right. I wanted to be in Paris. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. Cause I didn't even think about how like when like their last I know that their last party video was the school dance party. And before that it was the fashion party. And like school dance party is like is winning London era. So they have mm-hmm. like their last one, which w- they were like in high school. They're like supposed to be in high school in the dance school dance party, like high school mm-hmm. or middle school. I can't remember. But then the, um, yeah, it must be high school. Anyways, that, yeah. So it's like, I didn't even think how like they're basically all their like straight to DVD or straight to video, like party and mysteries ended pretty much basically when they're, movies and two of a kind began yeah and then they went back to the party but that was just like a final i think also the culture of their fans was changing a bit because we no longer like now we were old enough to watch tv when t like when tv was on does that make sense so like now I'm 11 and I'm I'm like allowed to stay up at eight o'clock and watch tgi friday every week right I don't need a video that I can watch at two o'clock in the afternoon. That is, I didn't even, you're getting such a deep, you. like you're I analyzing this. Moment. This is fa- fantastic. I didn't even think of that, that like now their fan base is growing. I mean, I was still like eight, nine years old and I was definitely watching this in real time, like on TV when it was mm-hmm. on. But I think it was because, you know, I was, even though I was like, eight, nine years old, I was still a mega fan and my mom was like, okay, you can watch tgif it's mm-hmm. fine but you're right in that like their fan base was getting older so they really had to figure yeah. out a way to kind of continue their brand and continue their trajectory of their careers somehow and i think this was really it's crazy if the show only got one season because i guess in my head i didn't realize that there was like a lag time where they weren't 
at like because then like three years later they have like Mary Kate and Ashley magazine they right. have their and brand in Walmart it's they're crazy. everywhere it's crazy that like this show I mean obviously kids grow up so quickly right so mm-hmm. and the time the the way that like the late 90s and then like 2000 the early 2000s changed feels so drastic in comparison to like I don't know the late 80s early 90s yeah, you know what I mean. For so sure. like, so like the like the late '90s with two of a kind. Then just like three years later, there's so little time, and then there's their magazine and their video games and their Walmart brand and everything just so quickly. And it's so fascinating that it wasn't even that long ago that they were on two of a kind. Yeah, I think so. The reason that I always like when I'm looking at old Mary Kay Ashley stuff that I'm like always kind of obsessed with the cultural context of what I'm looking at is because I'm kind of obsessed with them as a brand and like how they were marketed. Okay. When I was young, I remember watching Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's E True Hollywood Story. Yes. And Ugh. I remember being very intrigued by what's his face, the head of Dual Star, Richard, whatever. Oh, Robert Thorne, weirdo. Robert Thorne. Weirdo yes. from outer space, basically. So and weird. I remember one of the full house like adult actors i think this was on the each hollywood story or i read it somewhere it might have been like, was the- like we all thought robert thorne was like really weird like we weren't sure of it but like i turns out he was right like, yeah and he like built their brand so i'm like kind of obsessed with them as a brand and how they weren't just like child actors picking oh, projects no it was yeah. like it goes way beyond that way beyond that so like they didn't just like take a tv show you know what i mean right you were just like offered a tv show it was like i like to look at it like okay how did they pick two of a kind so they could develop into this like massive brand that they built and then essentially walked away from less than 10 years later which is also very crazy yeah and I just think it's and because they're so reclusive now because they stopped acting they've like in my opinion, like butchered their bodies and their faces. They like go for a purposely ugly aesthetic. I think it's like really interesting to like kind of look at the decisions that were made for their brands as children because it's clearly impacted who they are as adults. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I, it's no surprise to me that as I've grown up, they've really, you know, steered so far away from like what they were like known to be as children and And so I'm not surprised that I mean I'm sure that they've had you know work done like plastic surgery like every other Hollywood person and it's like of course why would they want to like look the way like I'm not surprised that they don't want to look the way that they did when they were child stars yeah I'm not surprised that they like especially experiencing that like bombshell thing that they did when they were you know like from 16 to 19 yeah where they were like sex symbols I'm right not and it's like and then when they turned 18 how the that countdown th- that countdown was so like why would they want to stay to be like sex symbols when I'm sure it was very traumatic for them exactly so I just think it's so interesting to think like to look at it's almost like Britney Spears and like the brand, you know how like Britney Spears is like a whole machine. Right. It's like the brand of Britney Spears. I feel like there are few stars that we can look at. Well, first of all, American and Ashley, in my opinion, are like the ultimate true child stars. I don't think like that there's actors. anyone else that 
has ever or will ever compare. Not to since them. Shirley Temple. Right. Like you think of child stars, you're like Shirley Temple, Mary Kate and Ashley. Right. And like to that degree <laughs> of like, because I mean, like, yeah, they're sure you're right. Shirley Temple was like, had the videos. She had the, she had merch. She had all that stuff. Well, and it's just like the name recognition. She's of a like, drink. I mean. Yeah. And when you think of child star, like this is who you think right. of. And so I, there are, I just think it's so interesting that, that like the her their parents like got with this Robert Thorne guy, they created a company and that every decision was just so, so calculated. I mean, at the same time that they were getting famous, there's like, you can compare it to maybe Amanda Bynes and like, right. she wasn't, I mean, a little different, obviously, and not Amanda Bynes today, but like when she was doing the Amanda show and then that one that was on ABC that I liked or the C- UPN, I think. What was oh, it? I can't even remember. What I like about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like she did a lot of great stuff and had great roles, but I don't think her choices were like, how do we make her appeal to the oh, mess? And she didn't. What are her brand decisions? Yeah, she never had like a video game or a magazine. Or she wasn't being marketed exactly. like that. She was just an actress. She was just like a child actress who then was able to transition to adult acting and like was pretty successful. Right. And that's how most child actors are. Like there's just not a comparison. <laughs> no, never. Mary Kate and Ashley. There's maybe Jojo Siwa, maybe. <laughs> starting to uh, actually a hundred percent I would yeah. agree with you that Jojo Siwa which I cannot believe I remember four years three years ago someone telling me that Jojo was the more popular dance mom out of her and Maddie and I was like uh no Maddie has Sia videos like <laughs> what are you even talking about and now Jojo like literally runs this entire planet like she's the queen of the planet I know <laughs> yeah I actually would completely agree yeah. that Jojo Siwa is extremely similar in that that building of a machine and a brand behind one child star and all of the decisions that are made for her career are based on how they're going to transition her well to make as much money as possible and to transition her into different phases of her career yes exactly but yeah two so two of a kind also like the episodes are like shockingly good they're so good the fact that it only had one season to me is a travis like i think it's and it hangs on a cliffhanger right yes yes i remember being devastated about I, that. i'm so and i just have to fantasize every day every time i watch this that like in the world of two of a kind that kevin and carrie and mary Kate and ashley are all one happy family so I did like that this kind of played into a classic Mary Kate and Ashley trope with like a dead parent. Right. And a single parent. And it's funny that you mentioned that it's like right before Billboard Dad. Or was it right? Yeah. yeah I was like right around. It was the- right before Billboard Dad. I think this was 98. Billboard Dad came and there out was, in 99. Yeah. There was the dead. Yeah. Plus two of a kind or two of a kind. They're like orphans, full house. They yeah, have a dead t- mom. Yeah. Um, in some of the movies, they definitely like have two parents, but yeah. those are the less dynamic parent sets, I feel like. Right. I can't even when think two of, of them. Yeah, because there's a dead mom in How the West Was Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such and a good I movie. do remember for some reason in Our Lips Are Sealed, I can like perfectly picture both. Yeah, they have both their parents <laughs> in Our Lips Are Sealed because they're like really funny. I th- that's I think the best yeah. Mary Kate and Ashley movie is Our Lips Are Sealed. It is the best Mary Kate and Ashley I just movie. Made, I just made a list of, of my personal ranking top like from worst it to best the and it's my favorite. It's my because favorite. Because aesthetic, it's aesthetically not as good. No. You know, like it's not like aesthetically and I might get some pushback on this from people. Winning London is aesthetically their best movie. Yeah. The outfits are in 
insane. Them running around London is everything. The guys are so hot. Well, that's gross of me to say now. No, but but like, you know, I get it. Like they were the best. It had like a pretty good plot. Like I would say, obviously, the Paris. Why can't I think Passport to Paris? Is that what that's called? Passport off the top of my head. I'm like, what's it called? Which one? The Paris one? Passport to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Passport to Paris is obviously, I would say, like the most famous of them right. all. And, like, mm-hmm. what I think that's think like of. what people yeah. think of when, mm-hmm. yeah, when they think of like their childhood favorite American Ashley movie. It's Passport to Paris yeah. for sure. But I think like aesthetically winning London is, I remember being like, these are the coolest girls <laughs> in the fucking world. Right? Like their outfits are so, and like the trench coats and the Burberry I mean, and like, just, like the tweet, like, just, yeah, every single, the boot. Their hair. That was when they really started rocking that so little time hair with like the half curled, half straight. Well, no, the, so it, the half curled, half straight right. wasn't until the second half of so little time, and but like that, I think they were rocking that in winning London. I don't think so. No, are they not? No, they're doing like the oh. wavy hair. Like Ashley has okay. like wavy hair, and Mary Kate has like the straight kind yeah. of flipped out it's hair. just because remember in passport to paris our hair is short like same as our lips are sealed there's just something like so like cool about right. them in winning london so winning london always sticks out of my head passport to paris was just i think like iconic for that reason the italy movie is the worst one <laughs> out of that um uh-huh. i remember even as like a kid being like this one isn't very good but our lips are sealed story-wise it's is fucking so brilliant. good yeah it's brilliant it's hilarious the Sheila's. Oh. <laughs> I think of that and like I'll randomly be like Sheila, Sheila, <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a unique story for yeah. kids' movies. Real- I like think it's brilliant. I think it's so clever and brilliant. I mean, I can go on forever. But all- the reality is, is like Australia is not iconic, right? Like, no offense to Australia, but like the reason everybody's obsessed with Passport in Paris because Paris is the most iconic city in the right. world, right? Yeah. Like, it just is. Like, I think everybody knows that. Winning London is great because secretly London actually has the best, like, fashion and aesthetics right. of any city. Um, Even though that, like, people don't talk about that. But in my opinion, it's true. Like, that chic Burberry preppy look is, like, my favorite. So I always think that's great. But, like, Paris is just – it's Paris. Everybody right. loves Paris. I mean, Paris. the scene alone like, where they're, like, on top of, like, that building and they get caught by the – like, it's just, like – riveting yeah I'm just like yeah. especially when you're 12 and you're like oh my god I want that to happen to me I want a boy to take me on top of a tower in Paris and get arrested exactly so there's nothing like super iconic about like our lips are sealed aesthetically you know their their look is kind of similar to passport in Paris like there's just nothing but story-wise it's so good and we forgot holiday in the sun when we were talking about right this. Holiday which Sun, I think, is my – I mean, I'm – so I'm doing, like, a ranking episode. My next episode after this one is, like, the ranking. Okay, so I don't want to spoil, but I'll say that I absolutely – I think I think um, Holiday in the Sun is so bad. I think it's awful, but I yeah. fucking love it so much. Rewatching okay. as an adult I, is hilarious. I think why I loved Holiday in the Sun is that it was the most attainable to me. It was attainable to My you? family could possibly take a trip to it. Like, okay. To me, you know, like the opposite. I was like, I will never go to Atlanta. <laughs> See, to me, it was like we could go to Atlantis. Like, I remember around when that came out, my friend, my family used to go to Mexico every year. And, like, one year her family 
my friend's family like joined us and we took like a joint family vacation to Cancun, which looking back is kind of crazy because like our parents weren't even friends. (laughs) We came up with it and they're like, okay. And like, we had this great, this really fun time. So like I had done like a joint family vacation with friends because I don't have a sister. So like there was, you know what I mean? Like that was like my sisterly moment being in Cancun. And yeah, I must've been in like eighth grade when that happened. So it was like round. So to me, holiday in the sun was like, this could really happen. Like I wasn't going to Paris or London or right. Australia. Like my parents weren't those type of travelers, but like we could maybe go to Atlantis. Like, <laughs> but like this could happen to me. I think that, and then, yeah, I mean, there's just, all of them to me were so never really attainable. Um, mate, like, but I could, I guess you're right that like we could maybe have gone to Atlantis. We never like went, take- uh, we've never taken a family vacation farther than Minnesota, but like, <laughs> yeah, well, like to be honest about my childhood, like part of Mary Kate and Ashley's like appeal to me and why like perfect. It's like upper middle class white. Right. I it was something was that like- was just so, I mean, the, I mean, they're cruises alone. I just could never, I begged and begged my parents to, to get me on those cruises constantly like get me on the cruise I would I just remember like being like you are the worst parents ever if you don't get me a ticket onto this cruise I'll go by myself please I was and there are people who got to go god I wish I was definitely though like Mary Kate and Ashley's like main like aim for demographic right I'm guessing like my age my economic bracket like so yeah when I watched Holiday in the Sun it was like okay, well, instead of going to Mexico, like, maybe we'll go to Atlantis. Right. It's like, and then you'll meet a hot guy. I mean, I just would write short stories, like, instead of paying attention in school, I would write short (laughs) stories about, like, what I wanted my life to be like, like, during our, like, vacation. And it was always just basically a spec script for American Ashley movie. (laughs) Because they did teen fantasy, tween fantasy, really. Because I think by the time I was, like, a true teen – like they were a little young for me because I was like, why aren't they getting drunk? Right. <laughs> but then, well, those might have been my own issues. But like by the time I was like a true teen, it was more of like a 10 things I hate about you can't hardly wait. Right. Like that type of like party aesthetic was what I was more geared towards. I still love American Ashley, but like New York Minute didn't do it for me. Right. You know what I, I mean? Like, I was 16 when New York Minute came out. I must have been the 18. Yeah. And like, it, I was like, okay, like, I'm watching Mean Girls by that point. You know right. what I mean? You kind of went more of a catty. Yeah. Wild more of like a party. Wild party. Like, what a class, what I thought was like a real college experience. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and Mary Kay actually didn't deliver that. But, like, for tween girl fantasy and young teen girl fantasy, like, they were, like, teen girl porn. Right. Yes. <laughs> It's true. This was basically, I mean, you have the cute guys, you have the amazing style, you have the destinations, like the vacations, just like, and also the interpersonal relationships between a lot of the characters in these, in their movies are really, like, I think in, in When in Rome, they're awful. I agree with you, or that's like... Weren't they like on a fashion internship? internship and every they that. couldn't really be they didn't really become friends with any of the women or anyone else. Like, I don't know. There's something about that that I don't really love. But that was the tail end of of it all. Yeah. Right. That was one of the last ones that came that out. That was one of the so the last one before the before 
um, New York Minute, I think was The Challenge. I don't even remember that. that. one is – I think it's underrated. I really like The Challenge. I mean, it's I'm like sure a spin. It because... It's a spinoff of basically like Survivor or like those game shows. Oh, I do remember that. You know what it was really a spinoff? Did you ever watch Endurance? Yes. Oh my Which god. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I forgot Survivor. about that. On Saturday morning. Yes. It's Endurance. <laughs> what <laughs> channel is that on? It must. Is on mean, ABC it was Family. Like a, I think probably. It was probably ABC. And then they would play like The Great Pretenders, which was like a karaoke I was just show. talking to my boyfriend about The Great Pretenders. I was like, that show was She's the greatest in- singer and the greatest dancer. I can't believe that they – The Great Pretenders. I can't believe they had a lip-singing contest show. Yeah. I would like choreograph routines. Right. So I could be on that I show. Just- and did you ever watch like Go For It? The Go oh, For It road know. show? It was – No, I don't think so. It was so, really, really – But fun. I guess – the challenge was really like an endurance. Yeah, challenge. it basically yes. And then I just loved that Mary Kate character. I love that her name was Charlie, and I love that Charlie, she was a hippie and like did so yoga. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The Mar- Mary and Ashley were just like so. They were always kind for me at least felt attainable. Like they weren't. They were pretty, but like they were never like drop dead gorgeous you they know were what still I mean? like so they were never normal like, looking yeah, beautiful they were, i mean they're beautiful they were just, but they're yeah, yeah beautiful but not like me like there's a reason that megan fox played the mean girl right it's because she was like mean girl pretty right <laughs> and mary kate and ashley were never mean girl pretty they always seemed so nice even like, in like be their best going friend. back to two of a kind like they were they to me it's like they were never like average looking but they did look like they could just be like they wouldn't be like yeah, the most popular girls in school yeah like like American National and two of a kind could have went to your school right and they could have I mean but like going back I just want to touch on like talk about some of those episodes we watched yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I love them first of all the adult Kevin and Carrie like the storylines for them were incredible right I mean, this was basically more of a show of Kevin and Carrie, I feel like. Yeah, they were the main plot in both of them. Yeah, they were the main plot. And then something, I was watching these with my boyfriend, and he was saying how, like, usually in sitcoms, like, both of the the plots will somehow relate to each other in some way and then, like, come together at the end or something. And these never show. did. <laughs> No, no, no. So the first one is the karate, right? Yeah, the karate slash Carrie moves in. Yeah. So I do remember watching that and being really obsessed. Okay, at this time, I was like very much obsessed with having my own space. I think it was just like, you know, the natural thing of like being 11 or 12. Right. And I remember being very into the idea of an apartment in a basement. (laughs) That was the height of luxury for me. Because, like, all I fucking wanted in this life was an apartment in my basement to get away from my goddamn parents. Right. I mean, of course. And, (laughs) you know, like, at 11, I was like, I need space. I remember, like, when we, when I was, like, 10 years old, we moved to a new state and we were looking at houses. And I have, like, this specific memory of we were, like, touring a house and had a finished basement. And I wanted us to get that house so bad because I was like, the basement is going to be my room. 
I was like, this entire basement yeah. is going to be my room. And they're like, uh, absolutely not. Like you are, you do not need, <laughs> you do like, you're 10 years old. You do not need in. Like, a- understand. Don't want to live in a basement. Like there's nothing luxurious about living in a basement. Yes. You don't get sunlight. Like, but that was like a yeah, very luxurious basement apartment. And the fact that Kevin was able to renovate it in three days is incredible. <laughs> Uh, quite incredible so I kind of like in the episode I found at first I was a little like oh Carrie's pretty naggy they're making Carrie naggy and then but I liked in the end that the twist was kind of like Carrie's very right right and Kevin was wrong and I you know then I went back and watched some of the old episodes and I did notice that to be like a running theme throughout this whole thing which I guess is like kind of a sitcom trope right. is that like Carrie definitely is like the naggy wife but because she's like young and funny it doesn't come off so naggy to the audience right and um she's just I mean she's it's it's weird to me that like Mary Kay and Ashley are 12 right and they need a babysitter like that to me like I did you need a baby babysitter when you were 12 no at 12 no but I guess like the idea was that he just didn't want them to be home alone after school. Which I get it. You know, for hours. Right. But I can't, at 12, I came home alone after school by myself. Right. Yeah. I'm like, interesting that they need like a nanny figure, but they also don't have a mom. So I understand why they would want like a mother figure. And also, the yeah. thing I wrote down is that the way that they talk about karate, like the karate thing, like that's not how karate works. Like someone doesn't win, and then you don't get like she was like if whoever wins gets a purple purple belt, and that's like not how karate works. You get it by like doing your like like a ceremony. Yeah, you have like a big ceremony, and then Mary Kate and whoever the guy's name I can't remember. Like they are competing, and they have like they're like sparring, and they have different colored belts, and like why are they then? I will say the dynamic person on the show was the girl that was Ashley's friend right um who's really mean in some of the other episodes and I don't really see how they have been because her name's Jennifer Gilbert and she's like a really unattainable friend and but then for some reason in this episode they're like friends now I wonder if they wanted a girly girl to like balance Ashley right. out. Right. And guess. to make Ashley seem no. less extreme. Cause even Jennifer Gilbert is like way more girly oh, yeah. and way more like the boys. Like <laughs> I thought that was such a weird line. That was such an obvious adult line written for what? a child where she's like, she came to the competition in slingbacks. Uh, oh my I'm like, 12 year old wears slingback heels. <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite line that I wrote down was um, when Ashley said, does Dawson have a creek? Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, topical. They have some pretty good little one-liners. There was another one, but I can't remember what it is. I didn't write it down. But there was, like, a couple lines where I was like, wow, they, like, wrote this a little more topical than I realized. It is pretty topical. And, and I, you know, something I've noticed is they they drink a lot of Surge. That's just something. Oh and I'm like, this is truly of the times. So I did pay attention to their outfits because I remember reading many moons ago that Mary-Kate and Ashley from this point on, like from two of a kind on, all of their wardrobe was adult wardrobes that they would buy and then they would um, tailor right. to fit mm-hmm. kids. They never bought kids clothes. 
at least like from this point on for costumes they never wore kids clothes and that mary kate and ashley was always the narrative was like they're really into like picking out the costumes and i did love like the classic they've always did this with mary kate and ashley like they want to point out that mary kate's like a tomboy so she like wears a backwards cap right <laughs> or she's wearing cargo pants and like those yeah. the sneakers i mean just so much about what they Laura, even Carrie was just so stylish. Just the epitome oh, of like her butterfly so clip. She looked great. And it was like so her hair, that color, like that orangey hair with like the yellow chunky highlights. Uh, just everything. And it still pains me that she is supposed to be what, like 25? 26. 26. That's right. Why did everyone look so old in the late? I 90s? don't know. And I don't know if that's just because. Growing up, no, like I grew up with her, and so she to me, she just seems so old. I don't know because I will go back. Like when you watch Friends episodes, and it's like Rachel's thirtieth birthday, and you're like, she looks thirty eight, and not in like a bad way, but because you're like, I'm thirty, and I don't look like her. She looks a lot older than. But then my boyfriend was watching the movie with me, and he was like, Oh my god, how how old is she supposed to be? She looks like she's like nineteen. It's like say maybe it's just how she was styled. Maybe though. how she was styled. Yeah, because to me she looks and she actually though well, in real life I think was 26-ish. I had to go back and watch the pilot after I watched this episode to make sure that she was like in her mid-20s. Cause I like I really hadn't watched this in so long that I was like, how old is her character when she's in love with Kevin and he's her professor. Right. And then I but, like realized they like, that's the whole point. She's like a returning student. She had traveled. She has all this life experience. And I was like, okay, I guess 26 is fine. Right. But it still makes me feel so old. <laughs> I'm like, where's my Kevin Burke? <laughs> I wonder how old Kevin he's is. He's supposed to be in his early thirties, I think. Cause she like said it. So I'm guessing like 30 I don't know. Maybe I would have guessed like late thirties. Yeah, I mean he is a professor. Like he was like twenty five when he had the girls. So then he would be like thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess it's like not too creepy that they would like have all this tension because she's an adult. Yeah, the tension and the chemistry is so fiery. It like me. It's like of course I couldn't remember like if I realized. Like, especially in the second episode that we watched, I couldn't remember if I realized when I was watching it as a kid, like, the will they, won't they of right. it. Right. And, like, the adultness of it. And, like, this one, like, Carrie in this second episode where she thinks she's, like, in love with Kevin and, like, working through her feelings, I was like, this is so relatable. It's so relatable. And I, it makes, again, like, they had to have some adult themes, obviously, for this show and the slot that it was in I mean for a TGIF it it was still a family show but they have to have the parents like give the parents a reason to watch it that wasn't just a kid right like it was a kid show and that was the case with a lot of the TGIF stuff I mean it was I mean because that's how Full House yeah Full House it still like has the adult thing as opposed to like a Disney Channel show and I think it was after like the reason why Two of a Kind didn't get renewed as far as I remember is because they were leaning towards more of an adult TJIF. Probably because that was probably around the time that TJIF started to go away. Right. And they wanted they wanted like a different feel of the show. But I was like, this is a pretty like 
I don't know. They did. It's a mature show. They did an incredible job with Carrie working out her feelings and like you as the audience member, like realizing that Carrie's attracted to him without it being explicit at all. Right. And I just loved, I thought that Nancy was such a good friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, she really Nancy. was. She really was. Um, oh, so I wanted in the first episode that we watched with the karate match, right. I thought it was very interesting that they, well, first of all, like Mary Kate loves sports, rah, rah. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was. It was obviously very heavy-handed, like, the lesson right. that they learned that you shouldn't, like, throw the match for well, a boy. Yeah, like, go out of your way to, like, make boys happy and, like, hurt yourself to make boys happy. And, but I also, like, I ca- thought it was cute. Yeah. Like, I thought the whole thing was cute. It, what, it was cheesy, but not too cheesy. And I think it's also, like, a lesson that, like, when you think about the the demographic – that that is probably mm-hmm. something that a lot of girls like need to hear. Mm-hmm. So it may seem kind of heavy-handed in a way, but I also do like that she doesn't like right before the match when she's talking to her dad, she was like, "Would you still have loved mom even if she beat you up?" And then she doesn't she like isn't going to throw the match. She like doesn't need Ashley yeah. to tell her he has a girlfriend because she was – I don't think she was going to – maybe she was going to go a little easier on him, but she wasn't going to completely let him win. So I think that was kind of cool. I I completely agree. I thought – I always like it when, like, the dead parent is – I know. In and that like, way. And I like to, to, like, really pull your heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. Did mom beat you in tennis? <laughs> You're a lot, lot like your mom in that way as he's, like – yeah touching her uniform (laughs) yeah it was cute um I don't know I just I thought the whole thing was cute and a lot of times when I go back and watch the stuff that I watch as kids I'm like okay this is like really problematic this did not age well or this is like so cheesy like I can't even watch this for a nostalgia factor because it's so cheesy but I did I just didn't feel that way I watched it I was like Cool. Let me watch the next right? one. I think it's a very good show. It's very cute. I mean, it's not, you know, the greatest sitcom ever, but it is very sweet and charming and fun to watch. And I do, I do wish that there were more Mary Kane Ashley stuff. Like, I wish that there could have been a way for them to, you know, meld the two storylines together. Yeah, there should have been. And I wish there had been a lot more um, Carrie and girls. Right. And they do have that in, you know, I think earlier on in the show. There are more. I like in the first episode and they definitely like interact a little bit throughout. But I just felt like they really maybe if they got a a second season, they could have really went into more of like Carrie mothering them. Because she is like such a cool like mother figure. She's so She's so cool. That basement apartment was so fucking so cool. cool. I mean, the the part about her lava lamp blowing a fuse, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> Carrie, you're everything that I wanted to be. Like the perfect yeah. role model, and she's super cool. Like the part where they talk about um, the reason her getting evicted is because of her like, what was it, her luau or something? Well, 
No, she got evicted because Kevin didn't send the rent. Right. Check. Yeah, she got evicted because he, but they like mentioned something about like, yeah, like she's like a party girl, but she's still really like response. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I love, I also like that she is like a very like real character and that she's not a super crazy party girl, but she's not like boring. Mom. Yeah, she's not a character. Yeah, she, a character. She's real. Very much so. She really and she's a good actress. Right. You know, what she reminded me a lot of, and in my head, I keep calling her Paige because she reminds me of Paige from Trading Spaces. I've not seen that on TLC, the Home Improvement. <gasps> oh, show. I probably did. I've seen that. Look up Paige from Home Sweet Trading okay. Spaces one day. Um, she is. She was the host, and she's like also like a redhead, and they just have a very similar energy. I'm looking it up now, just so I... Oh, you're right. She does have a very similar energy. Wow, these pictures are... Wow, her hair. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Carrie is cool. Carrie is very much like... I think a lot of us had this fantasy, especially as, like, as a teen girl. Like, I just really wanted to be an adult and like a cool adult. And I think Carrie, like, exactly personified, like, what I wanted to be at 26. Me too. And I love that she – God, I could just, like – she's just so – she is such a cool character. And – She's traveled the world. Right. She ha- goes to parties. She has great friends. Now she's back in school. Like, now she's a nanny. She's cool. She loves baseball. Yeah, like, she's just everything that you really want to have in a role model. Exactly. Exactly. And so at the, the end of this episode, just like what what was like so weird is that like they're they're fighting about they're like in the basement and she was like, they're fighting like it's your house, well it's your money like you want to spend my money, but it's your house, blah blah blah. But why is like Mark Mike Kaczynski just roaming the neighborhood oh. to like why is he getting a fine? There was no they didn't do anything yet. No one was living there. Yeah, I don't know, like, how he would even know that construction was going on there. We also, wait, we need to talk about the side character. Oh, yes. The guy. What's his name? Paul. Why did every 90s sitcom need, like, a creep? Yeah, well, he was also in um, It Takes Two. Not, yeah, and he was in It Takes Two. He was, um. Oh, he he was. He was the guy who adopts. He was uh, one of the butt kisses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was. He's like a cartoon character. He is. He is. But like, he was such, that was such like a stay in like a 90s, early 2000s sitcom that just doesn't exist anymore. Like the creepy. Yeah. Like the weirdo, like. Yeah. The, yeah. Comes over wearing a hard hat for no reason. Yeah. And he's, it's so funny because he, he is also a, a student of. Of Kevin's. Oh, is Yeah, he? and he's yeah, he's Carrie's classmate. And, he, yeah, his, oh, yeah, what's his name? Paul. I'm gonna, I'm just looking him up on. I think it is Paul, that's Yeah, his right. name is Paul, and I'm trying to find him on IMDb. Ernie Grunwald. That would be his name. Ernie. He looks just like He's that. just like, oh, he's from Toronto. He's still working, kind of. 
I can see him being like a yeah. He's definitely actor. a character actor. He was in the. Did you ever see the Secret Life of the American Teenager? He was yeah. in that. He was in like an episode. That yeah. sounds right. And he's in a show called Wayne. I don't know what that is. History of the World for now. I don't know what that is. But yeah, he's just like, I don't like that character. Anytime he's on screen, I'm like, why is he And then, here? yeah, and then he's in the um, the next episode, the episode 17. He's, mm-hmm. um, he's, like, I don't understand why he's in that scene either. When Carrie's like. I guess like Carrie is the idea. He's what? Foil oh, to yeah. Carrie. Like he's. Carrie's able to like bounce ideas off of him and like bounce stuff off of him. And then he's like the comic relief where like Carrie's like, and I just need a guy. And he's like, oh, yeah. you do? <laughs> but it's like a little obvious right. and desperate. Right. I think that they're, yeah, you're right. And that it's like, I don't know. I, I, I think Paul is a very innocent and funny character. Hold on. Sorry. Ryan, turn that off. Ryan, what? turn that off. Sorry. <laughs> Could you hear that? <laughs> like, turn that down. That's me when I'm podcasting. Like, uh, can you be quiet? I'm in our, we have a little office, but it's a closet mm-hmm. that we've converted into an office. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so it's, it's not, not it's not really soundproof. Well. It's not, um, but it's yeah, um, but yeah. Well, I don't know what I was saying. Something about Paul. Paul, innocent. he's innocent. He's fu- like he's funny, and I get the character, and I think it is very '90s. It is like that goofy '90s next yeah. door neighbor type well, character you were saying. I think that that character doesn't exist in a non, um, like multicam live audience sitcom. Like he's not needed in the office. Right, you're right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Where there's not like a live audience to be like, <laughs> like when he makes like a weird remark to Carrie being like, when she's like, if I could only just find a man and he's like, oh yeah, you could find one. That only works when the audience laughs yeah, at it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That wouldn't work. Yeah, well, you I, know, I like, see what you're saying. I'm, that I, I'm marathoning movies right now for no other reason, but I was like bored of everything that was on my TV. And so I looked up and I just see weeds and it's like weeds wouldn't have a character. Right. <laughs> you're right. You, th- yeah, you're, you're completely right. Like he's kind of a, uh, he belongs in the world of the big bang theory. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't translate to like single cam comedy. Yeah. Oh, Paul, he's, He's a character. <laughs> so I loved. I liked it a lot more. Especially. I thought the first one was good. The first episode 16 right. that we watched was good. And like, obviously, because I watched it, I was like, oh, this is good. But 17 was so good. Carrie trying to figure out her feelings. And like, I feel like a lot of us have been in that position where we have like a guy friend, he's fine. And then he starts dating someone and we're like, wait, what if I like him? No, completely. I mean, and it's, she doesn't even realize that she would be jealous until Nancy is like, he's so great. Yeah. Cause she doesn't know. She doesn't even right. see and it. And then, like- then she's like confronted with this idea that, oh, wait a minute. 
he is all these things. Yeah, it's great. The girl's storyline in this is like mega bizarre. The girl's story, Mary Kane Ashley's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like weird. It's funny and it has a funny conclusion, but they bet on us. And I still don't get why exactly. I don't, I didn't, something to do with Ashley and like school council. Right. And how um, she like, is what she's like trying to be the president or something. So she's trying to raise a lot of money for student council so that they can get a bunch of like snacks or something. I think she promised something during her campaign and then didn't raise enough money because of a Right, because she was going to do a, a fundraiser. Right, she was going to do like a car wash, but then there was a blizzard or a snowstorm. Because they live in right. Chicago, which we see because they have like a Chicago Bears like blanket right. on the bed. And we get like the <laughs> occasional establishing shot of like a snowmobile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, so they go and they see a child bookie, which look, I'm not going to lie. Big like Mark. A child bookie is very funny to me. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> that's like just something that makes me laugh. And I like the line where he was like, what do you need? Like, a <laughs> I, <whole know>. pass <laughs> I really did love Big Mark. Three- it really reminded me of Boy Meets World. And remember, like, the in the early seasons of Boy Meets World, like, the bad character, like, Frankie yes. and his crew? That's what it reminded me of a little bit, which is, I haven't watched those Boys Meets Worlds in, like, forever, ever, ever. By the way, Boy Meets World is one of those shows that, like, does not hold up for me at all. Really? <laughs> like, when I rewatch episodes, I watched them a couple years ago and was like, oh, this was, like, for children. <laughs> like, this show and it's true because there is no adult storyline to, to cut it like, yeah to yeah you're it. right I you're right there are there is absolutely no adult storyline in in that show so I loved it as a kid but the reason I think two of a kind is so good is because uh Carrie and Kevin are so dynamic and watching them on screen they're very dynamic and then the kids stuff you're like oh this is cute but like what you're really interested in is the adult stuff and boy meets world doesn't have that, but big Mark or whatever his name was the child bookie, like reminded me right. of that. Like the boy meets world, and it guys. makes me want like that storyline I think was so strange and it, it makes me just like really wish that the show was just like 45 minutes, you know, they also didn't learn a lesson. No, there was no I know the like mod there's a consequence for Big Mark. Yeah, but so basically they bet on the game, they lose, they spend like three minutes obsessing over what they're gonna right. do. Then they go to meet up like with the Big pizza Mark place to give him the money. And the mom is like, You kids, I'm like bringing him to jail. Like you guys are off the hook. And they're like, Whew, that's a relief. We I won't know. do that again. But I just like I don't see why they had like why she had to resort to that. Like, she didn't... Why didn't she just ask her dad? Right? Or, like, why didn't she just postpone the... Yeah. It was just so silly and, like, that there was no consequence for them, like, betting and losing student... Why count, does like, she have money? the money in... Ca- like, why does she have the money, like, cash money? Well, she's why is she carry, allowed like, to carry the like student council money like away from the school? But I did love the line that um, Ashley's like, what am I going to do? Like, I promised this during my campaign speech. And Mary Kate says, you're like every other politician. You lied. And I'm like, that's such an adult joke. Like, kids yeah. don't realize that like p- politicians are liars. No. And that's never something that like, 
And uh, that's never something like a preteen would say, but I think Mary Kate's character is honestly so funny. She's Mary Kate's Mary Kate, funny. Mary Kate is a good comedian. She's actress. so she they are both, I think, so good in this show. And I think Mary Kate especially is has such a funny, fleshed out, witty character. I mean, she's always throwing Ashley under the bus, but I think that she does. And I think though it's like easier for the time board character to be like right. And, and Ashley's fun. just like kind of dumb, but she still does like hold her ground in a lot of ways. And I think she is still like Ashley is smart and she is funny and is I don't know. She just when it comes down to it, Ashley is Ashley is also really cool and funny and dynamic as a character. It's just so obvious that the kid stuff is the right. B plot, especially in this episode, because it's like, it's so nonsensical. Their storyline. <laughs> You're right. And like, it's not fleshed out at all. They don't have any consequence. Like, the parents don't find out. Like, like there's just right. no consequences and I, to I, it. But then with Carrie and Kevin, it's like a whole, you go through this whole, like, evolution of feelings and she lands on like being okay with it but you as an audience member are like oh there's something there and this is the first hint right. of them getting right. together and there's just like there's way more going on with the Carrie Kevin plot and there's it's I just wish that there was like 25 more like 20 extra minutes of this show so we could have more yeah, of like it's, it's like 20 minutes long what it's like 20 minutes long. Right. It is so short. And I think it, you lose a lot of the other plot line, like Mary Kay and Ashley's plot line, to, you know, have a good Kevin Carey plot. And it, I get it. I I agree with that because I, I think the issue is, is that because the plots are so not intertwined, they're just like you said. There just isn't right. enough time. If, if if they had connected them more, I think that there could have been, it would have been a way better episode if they would have somehow made Mary Kate and Ashley's money woes correspond with like Carrie and Kevin in any way, even going to them for advice would yeah. have been. Agreed. I don't know, but I I. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the parents are Right, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, why is there... It's just not... At the end, they always, like, come together in some way. And even in the karate one, like, she talked to her dad about, like, the, what what should I do? But in this episode, the parents and the kids... Didn't no, talk, they were, like, never in the same... It was like they shot it on different days. <laughs> I know, I'm like, Mary can actually have things to do. They were, like, on a press tour, I'm sure. <laughs> like... They were busy. Way busier. <laughs> yeah, they were out out in the field filming Pilber Dad. And then they're like the part where Nancy um and Carrie are talking after Carrie's run. I thought it was really funny that like Oh yeah. It was kind of a weird scene where she's like, I'm so amped no, up. And it's like also I don't believe Carrie at all. Like, no, she does not think of him as a big brother at all. No, they definitely planted the seed right. for the audience that, like, Carrie and right, should but be together. Because before that, like, I don't think you're really, as an audience member, like, shipping right, them not together. Yeah, you're right. Not really. You're always, you still think of him as her teacher and boss. Yeah, and I think that 
the same I think that's on purpose because I think we as the audience are supposed to realize that Kevin's like a good guy with Carrie like be like we know he's like a good dad but we don't think of him like in those other qualities so when Nancy's saying like he's nice he's charming he can cook he's romantic you know what I mean wait what you as the audience member are like, oh, yeah, that would make sense for right. them to date. Because they date – Kevin and has this other girl that he dates, this other woman he dates earlier in the series. And Carrie doesn't – is not jealous at all. And she does not – I think because that other character is older and, like, more Kevin's age. So she doesn't ever see mm-hmm. herself. Yeah. She's probably – I guess the idea is like Nancy opens her up to the idea that like she should like Kevin and she definitely doesn't see him as a brother and we as the audience right. know that because that would be yeah no do they kiss they, in the last episode they kiss, the they kiss hard in the airport <laughs> oh she's, she's like yeah leave. she's leaving I hate I they oh. really need to bring Reunion episode. Reunion series. And it doesn't even need to have Mary-Kate and Ashley. Like, they honestly... No. Who needs... needs Like, we know that they will never say yes to reunion to Bukine. But I... I would be so down for a... Just a reunion show. Yeah. They just... Carrie and Kevin have good energy. And Carrie's just a great actress. Like, the actress who plays... I know. And she doesn't really do acting anymore. I think she works in non-profits. Like, she's not ditzy, but she's not, like, I think it's so hard for a sitcom woman to either not be, like, type A or to be Mm -hmm. ditzy. You know what I mean? Like, and they do such a good job with not making her either. I agree. She is very grounded. And so is, I mean, and Kevin's not a dick. He's a little funky. No, he's He's a nice, he's like a, he's like a dad you'd want to be a dad. Yeah, that's why this show was so good as a kid, because, like. Mary and Ashley were so cool. Kevin was great. Carrie was great. You just like loved everything about it. It's so true. And their clothes were cool. I don't um I don't know what I was gonna say. I guess like why do you think that they put it in Chicago? Um, I think Chicago is just an easy city to like say that your show is located, is located yeah. there. Yeah, I think because it gives them like also, like, it adds to kind of, like, the Yeah, that's what I had been it. thinking. Like, that it, like, they really do come off as, like, a middle class. Chicago is much like Philly in that it's, like, it's a city, but it's, like, it's not suburban. That's not what I mean. But, like, it's not, like, right. New York. You know what I mean? Or L.A. Like, you can just be, like, a normal kid lives in Chicago and they live in, a like, a townhouse. But, like, anybody could. Maybe not as much right. now, but, like, a townhouse in Chicago, like, isn't crazy. Like, to live in a townhouse in New York, you have to be, like, a right. multimillionaire. You Especially in I the mean? 90s. Like, I mean, the mm-hmm. 90s, they – I think that it's believable that Kevin would be able to be able to live there yeah. in Chicago in, like, 98. Exactly. I mean, Chicago is a very, like, working-class, blue-collar city. It's very much like Philadelphia in this aspect, which is, mm-hmm. like, where I'm from. So – it's easy to imagine them just being normal kids, but like there's nothing normal about New York. Yes, Does yes. That, you know what I mean. There's nothing and there was nothing LA normal about and, New York even in 1998. <laughs> yeah, it's like not that relatable for the kids sitting at home. So I think it's just like it's just so easy to. 
Because even in like it takes two, like it's such a new, right. you know what I mean? Like it's like New York, New right. York. And I think in Chicago, they can just like occasionally have a bear's blanket right. laying on the bed. And like you remember that they live in Chicago, but it has like nothing to do with the rest of the story. And like it, you have to be in like a blue collar city yeah, for that. Yeah, I agree. This also, I'm like, they could have put this in like Seattle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in 1999, Seattle. Like there are these cities that like these types of shows are set. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't even. Yeah. Seattle would have been good. I think of any other ones. Boston maybe. Yeah. But like not Not New York. York, It couldn't be a big metropolitan. But they still wanted to be a city. They wanted to be a little cooler than living right. In the they couldn't just they be like live in a town it couldn't house. just be like Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, or like exactly. Um, I don't know, Boise. We live in Spokane, Illinois. Like they wanted to be have like the little bit of the cool factor. Kevin's like a college professor at University of Chicago, right? You know what I mean? I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but like that's where the audience is thinking. And yeah, it all like it's like it's all attainable, but a little cooler than the yes, life that we were living. So God, they were so cool. And then they so did cool. you ever read their books that they did? Um, probably. I don't remember them, but I feel like I would have. I mean, I like had their magazine, I had their right. Clothes. So they they had two of a kind books that they extended way beyond the show, right? right? So they had like two of a kind books. Can I get them? Now? Can you get them now? You can buy them at. I'm sure if you go to your local Goodwill, there will be plenty. Because I've I've definitely picked up quite a few um, of their books at Goodwill. Oh my gosh! I'm looking at them now. No, I didn't read it. And these girls. Yeah, are so they like the books, the two of a kind books. They've. Oh my god! They go beyond. They. There were. 40? There were so many. Oh my god! Where and was they I? don't. They it's so like it's, <laughs> and they extend to basically be when they were like doing. Oh my god! They're all on Amazon, but they're like literally for new ones are like fifty dollars, but the old ones are like for yeah. Money. You can and you can get them on eBay if you're like an eBay type of gal. <laughs> I'm a nut job. I'm like, should I buy this? Absolutely. Whole you should. You can get one, get one, read one, and then I'll read one, and then we'll do a book club episode. That's so perfect. Yeah, the first one is yeah. just the podcast. Yeah, basically of the a show. bunch of the a bunch of the books are just basically just the episodes, right? I can't believe I didn't read these as a kid because this was like right up my alley. And um oh, oh now so I'm looking on IMDB like an, a picture and there's a ad of two of a kind and it has like are so fucking smart they just had them pose for these covers and god only knows how much money they made the um so this advertisement for two of a kind it has different quotes from who know like different magazines and editors or reviewers and one of them is um only show that's it says okay sorry only show that seems to have a lock on a long healthy life destined for unqualified success i don't know what that means 
Wait, the cover of some of these, one of them, they're wearing the Arlington oh, yeah. sealed, um, like, disco Yeah, they just, like, would basically just, like, put, have their photo shoot pictures and, like, put them on the covers. And then the the content of the books is so bizarre. They, like, go to, they get, like, sent to a boarding school. I wonder how much, I wonder if Dual Star, like, it was, it's like, carp- these. It's so I, brilliant. I what, um... I cannot believe that I never read these. I'm like a little angry. Right <laughs> yeah, they like were writing them when they were like um, winning London days. Yeah, like I said, like they're in our lips are sealed on the cover of the last one. Hold on, I'm looking at it right now. Mm, this is definitely like their passport. Right. Looks. Um, our lips are sealed. Look. Oh my god, that's the winning right. London look. Basically, they just like put their this pictures like... on. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Oh my god, and they're actually credited as the writers. <laughs> are they like are they truly? Holy shit. Like just yeah. on the the perfect gift to a kind number 26. From Mary <laughs> Wait, where Olsen. are you reading these? On Amazon, they have the list of all of them in the order. <laughs> They're credited. Oh my, oh, they are my credited. <laughs> Wait, but number two is credited by Megan Stein. So some of these are credited as like other writers. Like number three is Judy Katchke. Ooh. Megan Stein and Judy C. Ooh, Megan Stein wrote, Who is Michelle Obama? Who was Michael Jackson? Who was Sally? Like all of these weird. Who? Yeah, children's a bunch books, of children's probably. books. So it looks like Judy and uh, Megan alternate. And then number 13 is credited to Mary Kane and That's Ashley. Insane. Then back to Judy. And then it looks like the rest of them, most of them are, some are by Ashley Olsen, Mary Kate Olsen. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's very. Credited. This is really interesting. There are just so. <laughs> yeah, so I would guess that oh, obviously I, they didn't no. write any of these. But I find it very interesting that they are credited as a writer because that means more yeah. money for them and that they weren't. The ghostwriters weren't just like put on the right. cover like for the other ones. That's very interesting. That's just more money that <laughs> Star made them. Yeah, and I go, so think, look on the know, like book they, thirty, making a splash on the Amazon. Look at that incredible Photoshop Photoshop job. Okay, hold on. Book. Oh, there's no reviews, but. <laughs> so i met a woman who worked for the publishing company when these came out and she said that when they were like Mm -hmm. putting the um like putting the covers together mary kate and ash were were basically getting like too mature looking and they were running and so they needed to like make sense they just photoshopped their faces on like other people's bodies to like make like to keep up the idea that they were really young but that even though they were like 15 and it was harder to sell like these children's books to children 
That's right. I can't believe they have like a whole Babysitter's Club series that I didn't read. Babysitter's Club? Are you talking about? It's like they oh, had yeah, a whole they Babysitter's did. Club mm-hmm. series. You know, like. They, they just had books. tons. And I. Oh, my God. The one that's Surf, Sand, and Secrets. That one is also. That is. I've never seen that picture before. They have a scanned. Um, they have it scanned on Amazon. And it's them sitting at a picnic. I've never seen that picture before. It says it's imported. So I wonder if some of these are like different countries. Oh, de- they definitely be. Different yeah, these countries. are Harper um, Harper Entertainment. It's like the publisher. Yeah wild it's crazy i mean yeah they had so many books and they had so little time books they had the super sweet 16 books the adventures i don't think i really i think i read so little time books i guess i just didn't read that many mary kate nashley books even though i loved reading i loved mary kate nashley i guess maybe i just like didn't know they existed because this was like really pre-internet in a big way you know and it like pre-social media at least so like if I didn't know they existed like if I didn't see it at my local Chester County bookstore or I didn't see it in my school library and my friends didn't have it like I just wouldn't have known I mean they they, it was very yeah I just I had them because I would get them at Barnes and Noble the book fair they had them at the book fair they went right they just past went you. Right past me, and now I'm feeling like this mass, but, this mass of and, regret sitting on my shoulders that I missed. And this it's so MKA weird that we've moment. like. They obviously had very little to do with the book. I'm sure the books were very last thing that they signed their name on, because it wasn't like their clothing. Yeah, brand. I'm sure. Yeah, they had a publishing agent. You know, they had a publishing agent. They had somebody that worked at Dual Star that worked with the publishing agent. Right. And, like, Mary-Kate and and Ashley didn't, like – Like, they had, obviously, so much to say in their magazine, I think, and their line – their clothing line, their other products and their other movies and even their um, cartoon that they did. I'm sure – Like, they had – But I feel like their books, because there were just so many and they were just pumping them out just, like, every day that it was just, like – I'm sure they've never even opened up, opened the pages in most of them. I mean, once you like really think about how much shit they put their name on, it's like, of course, right. their brand is worth their names alone. Yeah. How could it not be? The uh, cartoon is wild. Cartoon. It is so strange. I forget about it too. It's, it's not very bad. great, it's not the best. It's just really, like, just the amount of shit that they had their name on is so mind-blowing to me. It's very, I mean, it really is. It's very YouTube. Like, it's very, like, besides Eric and Ashley, I don't think there was a single person in their generation, child-wise, that was marketing themselves as a brand like this. Not so successfully, at least. And now, really, the only people to compare it to is YouTubers, where they don't have 
they're not like singers. They don't go on like singing tours, but they have merch. They have shows that, you know, they have all this content that a kid can consume based on them. And it really is like the Right. The I just sent day, you like, one influencer. of their um, books that I just found a picture of that is um, the cover alone. And it's from 2006 <laughs> because it has a little thing about New York Minute. No. And they did not look like that in 2006. Right. Looks, I mean, these like are clearly photoshopped. And this, like, yeah, that's so weird. And they're still wearing, like, the, um, the right. plastic headbands that we wore. Like, this, like, headbands. No, that we like, did this not is from 2000. Yeah. It's too funny. Someone basically scanned the entire book and put it on Amazon. <laughs> Looks like. Oh, love that. But yeah, it really like when when I'm really thinking about it now, they were kind of like Oh, I completely agree with that. Yeah, that's a really good point. As in they were famous for being like it's not so true that they were yeah. famous for being famous. They were you know what I mean because they did have a they were actors craft. and they were they singers, were actors, I mean. And they were actors. From, <laughs> yeah. But they they actually did have something to sell beyond just themselves but they really did just sell themselves and I don't know if that existed in the child sphere before Mary Kate and Ashley where they could just sell themselves like I don't think they did they sold themselves like they would sell like 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 franchises sold like their yeah Exactly. They're fil- like they, they sold themselves like they were like Star Wars, like an entity. Next to My Little Pony was Mary Kate and Ashley. Right. I mean, they were basically Care Bears. Yeah. And that's really like now, today, talking about it, it's like, so what? Who cares? Like, everybody is that joke. You know, like, go look right. at Ryan's toys, who gets like 15 million views a day on the videos he posts out. Right. Out, plus his Nickelodeon show, plus every toy in Target is like, has his name on it. But, like, for Mary-Kate and Ashley, they did it at a time before social media, and they weren't even really on TV that much. Right. Once and they were off the air, and this show went off the air, like, this was all done just through the power of, like, in-store merchandise. Exactly. I mean, they had their Barbie, like, you think you, their Barbies, their, and then they had their vid, their movies, but then that was just, you're right, just, like, one movie a year, basically. Yeah, and, like... But like all or one or two movies a year just put out like even when they were kids and they were still on TV, it's like you would go to the store and like get their stuff. You know what I mean? Like you didn't just right. like stream it like it, it really is remarkable that Robert Thorne and Dual Star were able to build this brand out of these two children in a way that was so unique and made so much money and to an extent protected them. Because it gave them, you know, they were obviously exploited. Please don't right. get me wrong. Right. But they had a power and a say that is essentially unheard of. They had clout and leverage that is essentially unheard of for child actors. They were very much, I think, because the adults around them were so obsessed with protecting this, at that time, multi-million multi dollar brand that they were building 
they were very protective over what they did, who they associated with. They didn't have to go on like sleazy casting calls. They, you know what I mean? Right. Like they didn't have to. They had complete control of everything. They got to be in control of the boys that they kissed, who was cast mm-hmm. in their work, where they went, the scripts that they chose. Exactly. The clothes that they wore, who was working with them. I mean, they had so much control. And of course, the control was almost an illusion because I they didn't right. really have a choice. I don't right. think. I mean, I think that they, they you watch all those videos when it was like, if they didn't want to do, like, a lot of, like, the, you know, like, the VH1 mm. and the E! True Hollywood story type of thing, they're like, you know, the girls, if they didn't want to do it, they would just say that they don't want to do it. But, like, you know well, that they okay. did feel an obligation. On Team Mom this season to bring it around. Right. Team Mom this season, they are now showing the kids like saying they'll be like, Well, do you want to film this? And the kid will like say yes. And we're supposed to like applaud everybody for asking the kid. And I'm like, the kid grew up in the Truman show. Like they don't have right. a concept of what they're saying yes to. They've been filmed exactly. since they came out of their mother's vagina. They don't have the understanding of the long term ramifications of talking about their deadbeat dad not showing up to visitation on camera. They don't understand that in 10 years, this is still going to be searchable on the internet and that this might have a really negative effect on their life because they've been filmed their entire lives. So of course they'll talk about it on camera. Asking them is silly because it's not, it's an illusion of choice. That's really a really good point that like how we're married can actually supposed to make the choice of yes, we want to keep doing it or no, we don't because that's all they knew. Exactly. So it is. I didn't even thought about that. It is an illusion of choice, but the reality is, is like, all almost all successful child actors had an illusion of choice and they didn't also get that level of control that Mary Kate right. and Ashley got. So when it came to child actors, they kind of got the best of the worst of a situation. Cause I, I mean, I kind of think even though I've watched shows like Dean mom and I watch child actors, like almost all child actor acting should be like illegal, basically. Like it's yeah. all, it's all so unhealthy for children. Like when, when you really think about the ethics of child acting and child modeling, mm-hmm. it's like horrific. Yeah, um, that's why I've I've heard a lot of people say like they we can we should never have like older people playing teenager or like and I I don't know where I stand with that. Yeah, because yeah, and it, like they can be like the kid asked to do it, and it's like okay, but like yeah, because that's cool to be an actor. So yeah, so I think it is on one hand, it's like it it's very remarkable this brand that they built that allowed them to have such control but it's also interesting I would love to have a really like if I could have an honest conversation with any celebrity it would be Mary Kate Olsen and to just like really understand like what you know like how did that control actually play out in your life like what kind of choice did you actually have like tell me about your drug and eating disorder addictions (laughs) like tell me all of it really (laughs) interesting and I I think that they now are it's like obviously I don't know them at yeah. all I don't and no one really like except no for one. the people closest in their lives even will ever come close to knowing who they are now but I do think that they do seem to be like c- carrying a lot of that still with them I'm sure like they're yeah but at the same time they've transitioned into like extremely respected fashion moguls right that and it pisses me off so much when I see on Instagram or people being like talking shit about the way they look or about how they're washed up or they're not doing 
all of that stuff. And I'm like, they, you don't even know what they've contributed to. You don't even, can't even wrap your mind about what they've contributed to our culture. Just high fashion brand. And the fact that they were able to transition into that is legitimately mind blowing for anybody that understands fashion. It's like, it's incredible that they were able to do that. And they were able to do that because of the billion dollar business that was built under them. You know, and, but then at the same time you think like, well, if they didn't have that business and they weren't child actors, they would probably just be normal adults, like doing normal jobs and they would be fine and happy. So it's really one of those, I just think it's so interesting to think like how this company of dual star, because that's the interesting part of their childhood, dual star. Yeah, dual star. And they still, dual star is still the row now, which is interesting. Like it's still a company. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. <laughs> like they still basically have just wrapped as, as far as I know that Dual Star is still their company. Yeah. But it's like it just it's transitioned, transitioned it. until into just their brand. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes total sense. Why would they shutter the brand and then start a new one? You know, it's easier right. probably just to transition it. And so it's just it's very interesting when you think about like how unique their situation was and how they really were influencers before we understood what that word meant and they did it as children and then they you know basically became recluses but are also like hugely successful in their chosen field and it's all just so it's really it's remarkable and just the yeah, the impact that they had on an entire generation of girls is can't be understated. And I do think that like a big part of us, like it, this might sound crazy, but like a big part of us, like caring, I think our generation of girls, like caring about celebrities and Instagram aesthetics and all of that, like comes from loving Mary Kate and Ashley. Oh, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Like, would we care about, like, aesthetics so much if we didn't have Mary Kay and Ashley, like, selling us fashion? No. I don't think I would have. Yeah, they they were really important in a way that, like, you have to really think about. And you're like, oh, shit, they, like, were really important to, like, selling me aesthetics before I understood what aesthetics were. Right. They, like, they had the whole – I mean, just – they – created a brand and an aesthetic in such a way that I can't even like you can just track it you know what I mean like you can seriously just like see the evolution and how it like impacted trends um even like globally I think with like pop culture and style how they predicted trends so well and set trends and set aesthetics I mean they were doing their own styling on two of a kind right and like that is such a like and to see how it's coming back too, like that yeah. style is so. It's like I was just at a Mac DeMarco show um, on Friday night. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a singer, and okay. the teens. There were so many teens oh. there. It was just teen central. And I was like, the two thousands are back. I was like, ninety nine is back. Yeah, for sure. The two thousands Butter- are coming back. Butterfly so- clips are back. Well, wait- they're coming platforms the platforms i mean just and it's just gonna be a, a matter of jerry cloth sweatsuit and i'm golden with the 2000s coming back like bring back juicy couture let me be my full jab self like, <laughs> draw mankind jeans like get me a juicy sweatsuit like we'll be good 
I just want the vans with the V on the side, like the, do you remember those vans? Oh, yeah. The skater vans, (laughs) which I can't seem to find a picture of online. I mean, even like the Adidas All-Stars are coming back, like so much platforms, like Steve Madden is somewhere like making, furiously making a platform. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, this again. But yeah, Mary Kate naturally, and it's just, it's just crazy what they were able to do. And Robert Thorne really was an evil genius. He really was. And it's weird that he was just some, like, I want to know more about, like, what his background was in everything. And, like, how did he just, like, I just picture him just coming out of, like, a wood, a dark wood and being like, hello. (laughs) And, you know, it is kind of evil and what what their childhood and young adulthood was it was but at the same time I really do believe it's like well their parents already had them acting so they could have just been child actors that were totally exploited or child actors that also had control over stuff and I think undoubtedly in that then had a billion dollar company nest egg when they turned 18 and I would think undoubtedly like their situation was better than you know a contemporary of their time who I can't think of off the top of my head yeah, I, I'm not but sure. even like a Megan Fox. Yeah, but Megan Megan Fox has like she hasn't really done that well. She like hasn't she married done Brian well. Austin, who she started dating when she was seventeen and he was thirty, and her career kind of got tanked by Michael Bay, and she had all the harm of a child actress without like a billion dollar nest egg, right? Or like a Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah there's just nothing that compares to to them yeah for sure and I'm looking up Robert Thorne right now and he doesn't have a Wikipedia that's insane what are we even doing with our time I was just like because I'm like I really I'm curious about what who Robert Thorne was before the Olsen twins There's an AOL article about him. Maybe I'll have to uh, read it sometime. But yeah, he must have just been like, yeah, an entertainment lawyer. That's right. Or like a cat. Because I, I don't think he's. Oh, there's an article from 2001 in the New York Times called The Olsen Juggernaut. Ooh. And I'm sure this is all about. I'm like, oh, my God. This is so weird. They're 14 in 2001. They're talking about their friend, Jill Zimmerman, 31 their friend and former onset nanny. Like <laughs> this is like around the time of so little time. Oh. And wow. Yeah, Robert Thorne is definitely in this. And it's just crazy that like, you know, they're 14 and they're like these business moguls. That's it's so crazy. Oh, this is an interesting line from Robert Thorne. As we were talking about, like, there weren't influencers then. He says there really wasn't anything to look to as a model at the time, save for maybe Martha Stewart. Interesting, because Martha Stewart at that time had totally built a brand around herself. Interesting. He was talking about how the fact that there was, like, no... It says... Build a brand licensing business around youthful TV stars. That was the first. Oh, I'm reading the same. Are you reading a Variety article? Yeah, Yeah, I'm on that too. Interesting. You're going to have to do a whole Robert. uh, That's a really good idea. (laughs) You're going to have to crack knuckles. (laughs) 
and do some, that's really interesting that they really didn't have any role models. But yeah, like I said, it was the first of their kind merchandising wise. And it makes sense that Martha Stewart would have been right. the only one. What a genius. An evil, evil, mad genius. That is a, the, you know, the Robert Thorne is a, that's like a lifetime movie waiting to happen. Yeah, but he also, I mean, he was yeah. right. I just really want a biopic about Robert Thorne. No, people don't, people just don't <laughs> care about the icons anymore. They just don't care about like the true um, juice of it all, you know, like the true core. He was the man holding exactly. the Mary Kane Ashley brand together. Yeah, <laughs> he was, that's true. Man, there's just two, yeah, two, I think two of a kind era, Mary-Kate and Ashley is, it's like, the, I think it's the most memorable for a lot of people our age. Yeah, well, I think it really set their tween to teen career and I, trajectory, mm-hmm. and it was extremely because I don't know if we would have cared as much about Billboard. That's that true. Unless you were like, on. like I was like intensely following their their video. Like I would have watched anything. The masses, like the people who like didn't watch as much Full House yeah. or didn't watch their videos. Yeah, Full House had been off the air, right? Mm-hmm. For like, years, and I yeah, know? I think that people who didn't who weren't so devoted to like their videos and stuff and the movies that had came come out, like how the West was fun and like those movies, I think that two of a kind really did create a groundwork of like reintroducing them to follow up what you had mentioned earlier. It's like reintroduce them to tweens and teen, like young teens to like that brand and their new the new Mary Kate and Ashley, AOL keyword Mary Kate and Ashley, Mary Kate exactly. Ashley. <laughs> exactly. 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 I'm so glad that you came. But yeah, this on. was so fun. I love. Anytime I can talk about MKA, I'm feeling great about it. Yes, I am really glad. I'm glad that this was an opportunity for you to plug. Your podcast. Yeah. Listen to Feathers in My Hair. Follow me on yes. Instagram. It's Bentley Liz One. I'm really boring on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like where can they listen to your podcast? Everywhere. You can listen to it. Okay. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh yeah, it's it's worldwide. <laughs> no, I it's, it's like anywhere that you go to pot wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can listen to uh, Feathers in My Hair. It's available everywhere. I also have a Feathers in My Hair Instagram account. That's EVP, like emotionally broken psychos underscore feathers. So EVP <laughs> underscore feathers. That was um like that's like the parent. I spun off of another podcast that was called Emotionally Broken Psychos that doesn't exist anymore, and um that's where my Instagram is, and that one I update a lot, and then like all the Team Mom news I keep updated. So if you're into Teen Mom or you just want to hear someone talk about like drugs and socioeconomics and all that stuff, give it a try. Absolutely. Everyone listening now, give it a try. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. I'm so glad that you came on. This was so fun. 
I'll um I'll have you come back for a Robert Thorne episode. Yeah, I'm gonna like do. I some feel like you, I feel like you would be a really good Robert Thorne um researcher. I need to find that fucking Eat Your Hollywood story. Is what it's I on. Oh, they're all on YouTube. Great. I just I they haven't like, given the time to look. So let me just like really settle into my Robert Thorne journey. Yeah, we'll both we'll take some time. We'll Robert Thorne it up, and then we'll come back with a Robert Thorne episode. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I'll have you on. Hopefully, okay. So sometimes in between seasons of Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom Two, because they Teen Mom's on all the time, but there'll be like three weeks where we don't have episodes, and I'll recap sixteen and pregnant episodes, which are one offs. And maybe you can come on and do a 16 pregnant episode. Yes. That sounds fun. My rule is that like I only have people on Feathers My Hair for the Teen Mom episodes that are like Teen Mom heads, you know, like you know what they're talking about. Um, But a 16 pregnant episode, you don't need any background for. So I'll have to have you on to do a Teen Mom. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. So is your podcast just like you and then you bring on guests? Yeah. So it's me. Yeah. I bring on guests like depends like once a month twice a month but it, it's mostly me it's just easiest to do it by myself right um and then I've on guests like and I've two or three guests that are like really recurring and come on often but it's mostly just me but I love to have people on for 16 and pregnant especially like non-teen mom fans who I really yeah. like but can't have on my podcast because people would be really annoyed if I brought on a non-teen mom fan because my right I, I can say this is so pathetic, but I'm like a team mom historian, a scholar, if you will. <laughs> and everybody that comes to my podcast like needs to be on that level because I mean the show's been on for ten years, like a right. lot of stuff. You need to be a years. teen mom historian. You have ten years of knowledge, you know. Like, right. You can't have amateurs on your show. Well, because you know, there's you know, you listen to some podcasts and it's like you don't need to have like a ton of background knowledge because right. it's just like a quippy show and you just tell jokes and recap the episode but on mine like I need you to understand who Janelle's second boyfriend like Kiefer was you know what I mean like you need to understand who this person was and all of the context around it because that's why the people listen to my podcast (laughs) right because they want the they want the true details they want the they want the deep true story exactly (laughs) <laughs> well so I, are like, I me? nobody in my life even knows that I do it. like four people that I know in my life know that I do a podcast like I don't even <laughs> tell anybody it's outrageous that's so funny well I'll definitely listen to it and I would love to be on a 16 and pregnant episode great we'll plan on it let's plan on it right, thank okay. you so much for having thank me thank you bye, bye. <laughs> thank you bye.